0: listening to the Community Pulse, a podcast about developer relations, community management, and all things tech advocacy. Let's see what our hosts are chatting about this episode.
1: Hey, everyone, welcome to another episode of the Community Pulse. Today, we're going to be talking about resources in DevRel. If there's one thing that's true across developer relations professionals, it's that we live to educate and support. So that extends to our fellow DevRels. And in recent years, a flurry of developer relations supporting materials have surfaced from blogs to books, tweets to (coughs) podcasts and more. Uh, What's the best way to dig through all of these resources to get the support and guidance you need? Today's guests will cover that from several angle, angles, from someone new to the DevRel world, to someone who's looking to get fo- folks more connected in DevRel, and us hosts that are kind of somewhere in between. So what we'll do is kick off by introducing our guests. Today we have Alby Brown, who's the developer advocate at Airtable, Jessica Rose, a tech advocate formerly of Mozilla. But first I will hand it over to Albie to introduce himself.
2: Hey, thank you for having me on the show. Excited to be here. My name is Al Bray. Um, Bay Area native, currently on the East Coast. So, uh, and as as you just said, developer relations, leading developer relations at Airtable, a um, SaaS company that's basically a spreadsheet on steroids, but much, much, much more powerful. Um, Really excited to be here and share with you all my story, how I got to developer relations and the things that I use to kind of keep my skills sharp. So thank you again.
0: Oh, and hi, I'm Jessica Rose. I did work at Mozilla a couple years back, but these days I'm back in consulting, usually working with early stage startups between Seed and Series A. um, And I'm reasonably cheerfully focusing on both developer education programs these days and strategy, the the boring stuff.
3: Oh, it's not boring at all. Let's go and just jump right into questions. I, I'm really interested in, as someone who is just getting started, someone's very seasoned, those who are listening to this podcast and they're interested in just getting started in DevRel, what resources do you think that uh, would be good for them to get started with? Let's go with you, uh, Jess.
0: So even before resources, you love that, where you ask a specific question, somebody says, yeah, I see that, and I wanna step over that question. Even before resources, we'll get to it, we'll okay. I'd wanna, if somebody's in that position and they're listening to this, they've probably heard a lot about, oh, everyone's hiring in DevRel and recruiters are chasing. When trying to break into DevRel, even right now is really, really hard. So hearing, oh, there's all these jobs, but like getting your first DevRel job is still a nightmare in 2021. Um, so first off, the, the my first resource I would like to share with you is my own old lady reassurance that it's hard as heck. Um, But then it gets kind of challenging because a lot of really good resources around getting advice and learning about these are individuals. So folks on social media, folks who are doing streams, folks who are doing one-to-one support, which it's really, really beneficial. It's really fantastic to see people doing. But even well-intentioned, it does create these gates and does set this requirement that you do a lot of networking to access this information. Um, Tessa, Cressa, Cressa, oh, you know what? Tessa, oh yeah, we're, we're, we're really tight. Person whose surname has escaped me, um, is working with Dev, Devvocate these days. And they're doing a lot of really specific early career resources and sort of a community for people looking to get into community and DevRel stuff. So they're really my favorite right now for early stage folks.
1: I would love to hand it over to Albre for a moment, just to just because we specifically connected um, because Albre was actually seeking folks to connect with on Twitter about developer advocacy and developer relations, and that's how the two of us started chatting. Um, So Albre, I would love to hear more of your perspective on what that's been like and, and. how you felt uh, kind of like getting getting your your bearings in this relatively new world for you.
2: Yeah, yeah, and uh, Jess, everything that you just said totally resonated with me. So uh, a little bit about my story. Um, I used to run uh, diversity and inclusion at Airtable, so very different role on the people team. Um, and people have asked me like, how did you kind of make it over to Debtrow? And I before, um, be getting into diversity and inclusion. I was a software engineer. Um, so, you know, I've all, for since the beginning of my, my tech career, I've been technical, um, ran a coding boot camp, teaching folks how to code, getting them jobs, No, cetera, you did Yes, yes. And it was specifically focused on women and people of color. So that was kind of like the intersection of um, diversity and inclusion in tech. Um, so I, I haven't, you know, honestly, hadn't written a line of code before before getting to Airtable in probably two or three years, but fell in love with the product. Uh, Airtable is a very develop, developer-friendly product. And um, they there was an open role in DevRel, and I found myself coding more than I was doing my actual job. So something had to give, and I ended up you know uh, getting this role. All that to say, I've only been in DevRel for um, about six weeks now, and there are definitely yeah. some similarities to DE and I. The things that you talked about of you now, it's a oh, really yeah. growing industry. Like companies are now kind of understanding how important DevRel is. DE and I yeah. is kind of going through the same transformation. And one of the things that I wish I did early in my career in uh, diversity and inclusion was meet people, network with people, um, not only to learn from them but to build relationships so I could. Um, both kind of let off some steam when things weren't going well, and, and two, just uh, compare and contrast different strategies. Um, so, as SJ said, you know, I, I met with SJ, what was that, two, two, three weeks ago? Time is a flat circle. So, I have no clue whether that could have been six months ago. Who knows? Um, and have had about 15 conversations with different folks in Deborah, including Tessa, actually. Oh, that was brilliant. Kind of, exactly, she was amazing, dropped so many gems. I learned so much from her. Um, and I'm starting to build that community, joining Slack channels, um, following those Slack channels, trying to be active in them as an observer and a contributor. Um, so that's really where I get most of my information. And I feel like that high-touch community aspect has done wonders just for my confidence, really, um, knowing that um, you know, I may not know everything about um, DevRel, but I have a community that can answer my questions quickly.
4: That's, that's awesome. Right? I think it, it's, it's interesting because it's almost like having a sub community within the community of community builders. Mm. I'll let everybody who's listening suss out that sentence in their own time. I think we, of, we
1: all get that oddly.
4: We, yeah, every, every it's single not that person complicated in, to community was work. like,
1: mm, yeah,
4: that's exactly what we do. Yeah. Indeed. Indeed. A, we're bad. just a constant, you know, a constant, uh, fractal of community building. Um, and that, that's all, I, I love what both of you had to say, that's all great for people who are coming in and new to this space. What about those, I don't know, folks who've kind of been doing this for a while? Uh, folks, you know, I will, I will pick on myself who have been around for, you know, 10, 15 years doing DevRel before it was DevRel. And we're wondering, like, how do we step up our game? Where do we bring things in? Uh, any thoughts on that?
0: Oh, so I, oh, do tools count as resources? One hundred percent. Oh, fabulous! I am, and oh, how do I say this so it doesn't just make me sound lazy? Ah, oh, now let's go. Um, I am increasingly in love with um, with set automation tools. Um, for folks who have been in Devrel a lot uh, for, for a little bit of time, there's a lot of spreadsheets, especially the more senior you get. Uh, so stuff like Crunch and stuff like doing some stuff with either N8N or Zapier or other automation tools. Or, or Airtable. Oh, I'll just toss it. I'll just toss it. You know, oh, I'm Airtable. sorry. I, 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 um, I hear that Airtable is by far the finest of these options. It's, it's developer friendly. It's I got a dedicated Devrel team that will not just help you answer your questions. But I think they also do some demos and some really interesting content around automation.
2: We try.
0: We try. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to have to send flowers. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, so stuff around that automation is sort of, um, Hey, let's do less of this stuff. I hate, mm, let's do less of this stuff that feels less cognitively rewarding. That feels less like learning. Um, and then I really like to keep up. I really like to sort of bucket out different sections of what to look at. So for me, the different areas of learning, you could tell I used to be a teacher and I, I just suck the fun out of everything. Our, um, I've got um, files for presentation skills. I've got management skills. I've got strategy. I think in DevRel gets to be the really hard one. So every four or five years, somebody will write a book and that's really exciting. And you know what? Somebody's just come out with a new book that I've ordered and forgot the, um, the author's on. Um, never have me on your podcast. I'm terrible at everything and we'll forget everyone's name. Um, but there, there are those. I really enjoy the blog posts. So folks do tend to write. Um, one of the nice things about DevRel is one of the most frustrating things about DevRel is we love to talk about DevRel. Um, so really trying to filter when we're we're cheerfully talking to ourselves, and that includes me, uh, versus, um, oh, hey, this looks like something that I find challenging, or I find interesting, or that's got a really different approach. Um, I usually come back to the language learners, skim, then close read, if there's value.
1: On the topic of laziness, um, <laughs> I will say one of the ways that I've been able to engage myself in continuous learning with DevRel is literally by being a host on this podcast (laughs) and needing to stay on the cutting edge and hear from new folks and, uh, you know, chat with my fellow hosts on on what the latest and greatest trends are. And I, I think sort of like putting yourself in this situation where it's part of a larger project. So I imagine like you know, we keep talking about Tessa. Maybe we'll do this topic again one day and have her on as a guest. But oh,
0: yeah. um, I'm we, volunteering other people.
1: <laughs> indeed. But she, she, yeah, I think she's been a guest.
0: That's person. that's at the heart of Devrel,
4: though, isn't it? Like, it's oh, yeah. Should, yeah. like it's it's, I can't do that. that talk, but let me get Mary. Um, like, things like that. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> yeah,
1: but I was, I was, what I was going to say about that specifically was that, like, Tessa surely is is, you know, taking on all, all, like a lot of this information herself because she's literally made a project around it. And so um, I mean, I think there's only so many projects we can all kind of keep track of, but something that you can engage yourself in that's giving back to the community. Um, you know, there's I think a lot of different ways to do that It doesn't necessarily have to be a podcast or it can be you know, active participation in a forum in a slack, like, however, you want to sort of manifest that for yourself.
3: I gotta say that also. Uh, the last thing that I'm gonna say about just to close that part out is that Tessa does uh, a Twitter space every Friday, so hop in and just just get some exposure there. Um, but and, and and I would also like to reframe what you said, Jess. Instead of calling it laziness, let's call this efficiency. So oh. it's, it's it's how to use your time in the most rewarding way.
1: You're coming. Um, the, the human yeah. automation of the automation you were talking about, right? Yes.
3: <laughs> and my my personal hack is that I have a Twitter list of everyone in Devrel, and that is like my early warning detection system. As soon as I see like someone talk about something, and then someone else brings it up, two signals makes a pattern for me, and it's, it's something I know I need to start paying attention to. Um, but I have a a, a question for Albrey. Um, so you've just gotten started. you're you're re like familiarizing yourself with this new environment. When did you cross that point where you felt like I've learned enough to start teaching or start spreading my own framing of how to make this uh, product uh, really, resonate with uh, the people who care in the developer community? When do you feel like you've learned enough to start actually taking that and spreading it? Because we sometimes there's this thing, especially people who are in mar- marginalized uh, groups, where they feel like they need to be the super expert. They have to check all the boxes before they can actually start sharing that knowledge. So for you, how, how did you feel like you you made that 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 calculus of like, okay, now I know enough to actually start spreading what I know?
2: Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. And I'll say for this role, I definitely haven't crossed that line just yet of feeling comfortable enough to give advice or share with others who've been in the game longer um, about my either like my philosophy or my framework or even like the tactics that I use for DevRel. Um, and for making Airtable a much, much, much better product and surface area for developers. And it's mostly because I haven't received that validation from the developer community just yet. So I think the signal will be, you know, when I see from the community of folks who I respect as technologists and as people um, and the ones that are specifically building on top of Airtable, I feel like that's the time I will be able to stand up and say, hey, I, I have something that works here. And I, I get that from, um, it took me probably four years in DE&I doing the same strategy, tweaking it over and over and over to feel like I had something that was that I had a had a high probability of success that I could share with other, other people. And that happened to be employee resource groups. I was always into building small communities of marginalized folks within, Companies and empowering them to uh, really empower each other, but educate the company on how they could be treated better, et cetera, et cetera. And I did that at probably four companies over eight cycles before I felt like I had a formula that I could package up and share with other diversity folks. And um, that confidence brought, that brought me both a lot of confidence and kind of something to trade with others. Like, oh, like you tell me about your recruiting strategy. I can tell you about this, uh, the results that I've gotten from this ERG strategy. And um, so all that to say, I, I haven't reached that point just yet. And I assume it'll be No, six months, maybe twelve months um, after meeting folks in the community and building that relationship with them, where they can give me feedback. Um, But my my barometer uh, for and signal for when I know I'm there is when Airtable developers tell me if that makes sense. Did I answer your question? Yeah, it does. Sorry, go go PJ. I
4: have a I have a quick question to kind of follow up on that, do you feel that, and I know that, I feel like we bring this up in every episode, that the pandemic has slowed down your ability to reach that threshold uh, because you don't have the usual, like, events and interactions and ability to, like, physically see people that might bolster and make that move a little more quickly in a regular environment. Do you feel like the pandemic has somewhat pushed back your ability to get there?
2: Uh, I I would actually, I'd throw that question to you all. Um, you know, I've been, I've only been a pan. like my my uh uh fiance's brother had a baby on March 8th. We call it a pandemic baby, because it's only existed through the pandemic. I've only been in DevRel. I'm a pandemic DevRel guy. <laughs> so um I, like I would love I to I hear title. from you all how how what are some of the challenges of um, and differences between building a community pre-pandemic and now during the pandemic and Uh, what are some of the uh, headwinds I might be facing um, in trying to connect with the community online?
3: I personally, I'm relatively new to DevRel myself. I've only been doing it for about four years. Um, And the the difference for me is that when I went to events and I went to different places with other people in DevRel, I had the osmosis of hearing conversations that kind of just trail off into... Other things that are tangentially related that gave me insights that if we specifically talked about it, I probably wouldn't have gotten. Uh, and so when things are not only time bound but like square bound when you're doing a virtual call, and the the topics are kind of like focused on the thing, and then you're like, okay, we're only we're here for just this time, just to talk about this thing. You don't get that. Um, so the hallway tracks aren't there anymore. The the general like hey, how you doing, uh, conversations don't happen, which allow me to like kind of mirander off into things that I w- didn't think is important, but people would just say, you know that, I'm, I'm suffering that too, or I see that too. Um, so that's the part that I felt that uh, I felt lacking, but I think Jess, you were gonna say something.
0: Oh, well, I, I was gonna say something gently perverse, which is um, I, I have, I've been around for a little while and especially for folks who are new, who are folks who are starting to break into DevRel, all of us being sort of collectively grounded feels like we've got a, we've got a degraded experience that hallway track that, Oh, Hey, let's go get a coffee and talk about nothing and build social ties isn't as available, but that come, that cost bought us the sort of democratization of access. So you're seeing more people do one-to-many educational experiences or one-to-many online experiences or one-to-one calls. Um, So it's, it feels. Ooh, ooh. I hope it feels like less of a hurdle for folks trying to come into the space right now because we're all grounded.
1: Indeed, I feel like that's almost now that I think about it. A lot of the momentum that built up to us actually having this conversation about the resources that exist today, just because so many have been popping up, particularly in the last you know year and a half during the pandemic. Um, what I'm curious about, though, is you know I think we can all agree that those more organic conversations, those hallway track conversations, those, you know, conversations that you have bumping into someone are a little less frequent. But now there's all kinds of signals to try to sort through for the online materials and events and opportunities that are popping up. And um, Jess, I would love to know what your signals are for kind of like identifying what to amplify, because I, I see you as someone who's you know, really strong amplifier, um, and I feel like there must be some rubric or lens in which you kind of like decide which of these these um, opportunities or
0: or resources to to. to um, <laughs> I I am I'm absolutely delighted and gently embarrassed at the idea that that the the public facing work I do looks like it's strategic, because I am not joyously I'm. Politely, resentfully, the victim of uh, of algorithms showing me what they show me, and he said, "Oh yeah, let's move from there." Um, so, thanks. I'm glad it looks cool. It's uh, surveillance capitalism. It's not I guess me, it's so. one of
1: those. I guess it's one of those sort of like things that you know you've seen a lot of the what's going on in this industry. So you just have that built in rubric, right? Which yeah. is really beneficial for us all, whether or not it's an intentional set of steps that you're kind of looking through before you share something.
0: Um, And I'm always really thinking about bias baked into that. So almost immediately, one of the answers is, oh, is this a trusted voice? Is this somebody I know well enough that this isn't a scam or this isn't, Um, I do confess that I have a couple of of reasonably robust internal filters. So um, I do a lot of trying to connect people to potential roles and trying Mm -hmm. to connect people to advice. Um, I don't actually um, I won't actually do that for for DevRel roles or any roles within certain spaces or for certain companies. It's just like, oh yeah. hey, yeah, you're selling I don't even know what NFTs are selling these days. Like <laughs> cartoon pictures of cats like smoking cigars. I I I am very old. But like, oh, okay, cool. I, I don't know enough about this space to know what's a scam and what's not. I'm I'm not gonna be able to help or I'm not gonna be amplifying that. Yeah. even the, even the young
2: people are confused with nfts just so don't don't worry about it
0: <laughs> I, I i think
4: if we're just going to drop some truth bombs here i don't think anyone knows what an nft is and the <laughs> only way it works is to show the most basic agreement on how capitalism works is yeah. if we all agree that something's worth something then we'll all say yes it's worth that yeah. all we have to do is say it's not worth anything and all of a sudden those things are worthless and and take us- note, <laughs> listeners. Take note, <laughs> listeners. All you have to do is tell NFT owners that they don't—they're not worth anything.
2: And and I have been laundering them. I've been right-clicking on tons of them lately, just between us on this podcast. So <laughs> I have okay, a pretty large anybody. collection.
0: <laughs> I was going to say, you people, people like that. When, well, I mean, back parties were a thing, where you had a party and folks are like, "I'm confused and distressed by this," and you're like, uh ah!" Uh, uh. It's the larger system that exists within. Like that's.
4: Exactly. Yeah. Exactly.
0: So, one of True. my. Those are, com- is not those, are, fine.
4: those are conversations we can't have because we're time boxed now. Like, we can't. Okay. You know- yeah.
1: Well, I'm just going to say back in, you know, in, in person times, one of the signals that I would have for a good party would be like, the, at that party, they tell you this is a problem of the larger system, as opposed to trying to actually explain NFTs to me. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I don't want to be at that party. <laughs> anyway, let's try and- to veer back to. Uh, to um, to resources. Um, SJ, I loved the
2: the framing of your question of like, kind of like as you build your internal algorithm. And I think, you know, just to really quickly add on here, like I'm now figuring out how am I going to build my internal algorithm, right? Like what sources am I going to trust? How am I going to build the foundation of both relationships and things that I know that actually end up being probably like my long-term philosophy for DevRel? um and a couple things that i am taking to account also kind of just learning this from de and i is definitely like referral based the people that i meet the people that i vibe with what are they tweeting and retweeting because i am on twitter all the time it's a problem um and then i think the the second thing is like at, at least at this point is cast casting the wet the net as wide as possible um and really trying to focus on when people write about or talk about not their opinions, but what they had done and what they learned from it. So trying to really listen to podcasts, YouTube, read medium articles about a certain process or problem that someone was solving and trying to take wisdom from that rather than relying on how someone feels about a, a certain way of uh, building out community or a certain tool that they're using. Like, how did you apply that thing and what was the result? And will that work for my community? Because what I'm finding, and this was similar in diversity and inclusion, is that, you know, in SJ, you and I talked about this when, when we caught up. Um, DevRel is so different from company to company. Um, and just like diversity and inclusion is so different from company to company. So, your opinion is I need to know both the background and the, the outcome enable to so that i can place you know your opinion and your experience kind of on top of mine at the end of the day so i'm trying to be very vigilant about not picking up opinions Scientific.
1: And exactly <laughs> yeah. exactly
2: but yeah. sometimes the algorithm does get me and um there are a lot of cat memes and devrel in the devrel yeah, community there are. I love it.
1: <laughs> all right i think uh we'll hand it over to pj to uh get us into the next section
4: yeah. so as everyone knows, the next section is the most famous and popular section in the history of the community pulse of course our checkouts. Uh, before that, I just want to say Albrey Jess, thank you so much for joining us. I think we had so many great insights and we probably could have done another 30 40 minutes on this. Um, as as always with the community pulse sometimes we take on topics that are far too large to do in one single podcast So maybe we can get you back at some point. but before we even talk about that, Let's go around the horn and see what everybody has for their checkouts. And I'm going to start with Wesley.
3: I, I, I know like in the realm of uh, DevRel, this is really gaining in popularity. So I wanted to talk about it. So I'm going to bring it up. Polywork. Uh, Polywork is a great site to be able to paste all of the work that you're doing in all these desperate mediums can make it continuous between jobs, Uh, Even if you're doing some things that are somewhat tangential to your main role, being able to just to bring it all in one space. So Polywork is amazing because I can add my stuff that I did when I was running for public office. I can add the stuff that I do for advocacy about uh, diversity, inclusion and neurodiversity. Uh, I can do it on my uh, uh, for for blog posts that I write as well as conferences that I speak at. I just throw it all there, label it, and uh, it's it's my own second brain when someone says like, what were you doing a year ago? Or what conferences did you speak at? I'm, I'm able to like put those in little collections and just hand them off to people. So if you don't already have a Polywork account, find someone who does and they'll get you an invite. Um, you can reach out to me specifically. I have one too, and I can give that to you. But uh, Polywork, I love it. And it's only getting better. So um, do it.
4: Awesome. So portfolio building, right? Like a, a way to actually have a one single place that uh, has a clear vision of everything you've ever done.
3: Yeah. And you can combine all your identities Um, so you don't even have to be just the one person of saying, I only do this thing. You can just merge all that in one place. So you don't have to worry about, is this business enough to put on it, like with LinkedIn? Or is this like, is this like something I want to shout out because like I made this thing and it's cool. So I put it on Twitter or Instagram. You just put it all on Polywork.
4: So if you want to find Wesley's NFTs, look for Polywork. Um, But seriously, no, that's awesome uh sj
1: first of all i i need to dig into your polywork wesley to get all of that running for public office goodness <laughs> whereas your campaign videos i want to see them um so they're I'm, there they're there well i'm gonna yeah polywork here i come um i am typically the one in this group who shares something that has nothing to do with DevRel and is completely silly and i will not disappoint you this time um for those, uh, I think we're all pretty much on Twitter a lot and or the internet. (laughs) Well, anyway, not mutually exclusive. Anyway, um, I don't know if y'all have seen this dog, uh, this beautiful pug named Noodles, who um, is basically providing daily horoscope by uh, his owner doing a TikTok video and trying to gently lift him out of bed every morning. And if Noodles the pug like kind of like smushes back down into the bed and and wants to keep sleeping that it's a what's called a no bones day but if noodle stands up then he has bones that day which gives us all like a little bit more energy in our day a little bit more hope and our no bones day we can give cut ourselves a little bit more slack and just you know if you're not feeling like you're on your a-game well it's a no bones day no problem um and you know this is a uh, I actually had a pug for 12 years. And so I'm very familiar with the no bones and bones days. Um, so it's just like, I'm just loving that it's one of those things that's going to be like, everyone's talking about it's probably going to happen for like the next two weeks and then we'll move on to something else. But I am here for noodles. I support the bones and no bones concept and it helps me plan my day.
4: SJ, so, I just want to uh, say, I, I appreciate you.
1: Yeah. It, it's a, this was a very me checkout, right? I 100%. Like.
4: Yes. 100% on brand. Without
1: a doubt. <laughs> All right. Well, um, PJ, would you like to share yours? Which
4: uh, I'll, you do, I'll do mine about? last so we can write okay. it right out on the show. So let's go over to Jess.
0: Oh, gosh. I confess that mine indirectly, or well, directly comes back to laziness. Um, I've been really into conversations around and communities around. And this is very unlike me. The 2020 is just radical change here. Really into uh, conversations about working less. Um, so I was always a workaholic and there's a a reasonably robust subreddit that's much more raw than I am. Um, But as a consultant, when I talk to people who are looking to hire DevRels, more and more of them are saying, oh, we're seeing interest for people wanting three days a week or four days a week. And something about that in or outside of DevRel that folks are just like, wow, it's been a really hard 18 months and zooming out, maybe it's been a really hard forever. I wanna go swimming. Like, yeah, I think I'm adding layer upon layer of research and, oh, the discourse, but I really want to go swimming. That's on my mind.
1: The beginning of the end of capitalism, possibly?
4: It could (laughs) be. It could be. I think there's a deeper conversation there, but I have seen a lot of the anti-work, especially especially for folks in the service industry who are saying, what are we going to do?
2: For Um, for some odd reason, that makes noodles even more of like a phenomenon that makes sense.
4: Well, Mm already you said earlier that you you are you're big on Twitter, and I think that you know that it's kind of one of those circular things where, you know, if it's on Twitter, it is the real world. It's 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 art imitating life, imitating art. Maybe all these people have a little bit of a no bones month or two in them. That's that's true. work
1: is showing your bones. (laughs) <laughs> less work is less bones. Then let's see how we can connect. Well, can we can
2: a post
4: spectrum post- document.
2: No, you can post naps on Polywork, right, Wes?
4: Oh,
3: right. Like, it, I took all a a these nap? things are
0: coming together.
3: <laughs> Absolutely, yes.
0: I'm not the boss of any of you, but absolutely not. None of you are going to turn naps into a documentation task. No. We'll automate it.
3: It'll <laughs> be automated. automated. So like I was, I was going
0: to turn it into an art form. I was playing a whole like Andy Warhol
4: 16-hour nap sesh that just
3: gets recorded yes. in live
4: broadcast. That's my Twitter space. Stop, Stop turning to chill it this into hour.
0: work. No, <laughs> it's not
4: permitted. All right. Uh, so before I go too far. Aubrey what do you got for us
2: um yeah so I, I recently joined a really awesome slack channel that actually Wesley was one of the first people to reach out to me on as the devrel collective and um, I saw uh, a post about um, a survey on Devrel salaries um, which was really interesting um, sample size pretty small but I'm all I'm always for transparency. transparent transparency and equity. Um, so I thought it was a really awesome um, data set that was put together. They really gave me confidence in in uh, in kind of um, you know my my own what what I've been able to ask for in DevRel and I hope to see more of it since the uh, it sounds like the industry is growing and we want to and I've seen a lot more women and people of color in DevRel. Um, so thinking more about transparency, thinking more about equity, thinking more about making sure that people know these numbers so that they can take advantage of them when they talk to companies. So that's one resource I would recommend people check out.
4: Awesome. And, and if you, if you didn't know more about it, that was our last episode. So listen to this episode, go back to the previous episode where we talked about the DevRel salary survey, and then re-listen to this episode to know why Aubrey was 100% correct. Um, But yeah, so my checkout this week is a book called Sapiens, A Brief History of Humankind by Yuval Noah Harari. Um, What a few people may or may not know about me is that beyond having a degree in tech and having a program or all that, I actually also have a degree in anthropology. Um, So this book is a really interesting read. I will will freely admit I do not agree to everything this man has to say. Um, But at the same time, it is a good understanding on the concepts that we as humans just accept as truths. Um, A lot of things like the idea of capitalism, the idea of the need to work, the idea of um, the idea that one thing is true or not true is completely based on our ability to gossip and have an imagination, which is what other species don't have. So uh, Aubrey's asking in the comments, what percentage, I would say I agree with 90% of that book. Um, There are are some things that he may have misinterpreted definitions on because he freely admits not an anthropologist. He's a philosopher. So not quite the same thing. Um, But yeah, take a look at the book. I think it's highly valuable, especially for people in DevRel, because the better we understand ourselves as humans, maybe the better we understand the communities that we work within. Um, That's why I wanted to mention it. It's pretty cool. And we will have a link in the show notes. Um, And with that, again, Jess Albrey, Thank you so much for hanging out with us, chatting with us. I Again, I think that there's so Thank much you. more that we could talk about. Oh, yeah, no problem. Oh, it's it's easy for me. All we have to do is show up and talk into microphones. You have to answer all the questions. <laughs> but with that, I did find, of course, a wonderful quote that could kind of close us out. Um, it's from Hieroglyphics from a song that featured Del the Funky Homo Sapien, who's one of my favorites. It's a song called At the Helm, and the, the quote goes like this. Life is a blast when you know what you're doing. Best to know what you're doing before your life get ruined. Life is a thrill when your skill is developed. If you ain't got a skill or a trade, then shut the hell up. Find your resources, find your people, start to work. That's how you do it. And with that, thank you very much. And we'll see you on the next episode of the Community Pulse.
0: This has been Community Pulse. Learn more at CommunityPulse.io and on Twitter at Community underscore Pulse. Your hosts are Mary Thingball, Mary underscore Grace on Twitter, Jason Hand, Jason Hand on Twitter, PJ Haggerty, Asplenic on Twitter, SJ Morris, Sarah Jane Morris on Twitter, and Wesley Faulkner, Wesley83 on Twitter. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.